if you're prepared, right? If you're prepared, the crisis is just a yet another thing. This is what you do in treasury. You're prepared and you're ready to answer those questions. If you're not ready, right, then okay, it's a learning. It's a learning to highlight your things so that you, you fix them. Welcome to Actualizing Success. In this podcast series, our in-house advisors discuss today's finance and technology topics with an emphasis on solutions that embrace tomorrow. Hello, I'm Priscilla Nagali, Managing Director of Actualized Consulting. I have with me my colleague, Sandra Chen. Thank you, Sandra. So it, uh, the, the topic of today's conversation is really going to be how, in the face of the recent market events, right, we had interest hikes that truly affected the ecosystem, banks, as we saw with uh, SVB shaking up. We did see also in Europe our friends at uh, Credit Suisse. And, you know, when we see those things in the market, Sandra, what, what comes to mind to you? The first thing I thought of was going back to the to the 80s, 90s. We've seen other crises before, and now we're, we're in focus. Treasury really needs to uh, make sure that they have their act together and they're able to address the questions um, that are going to start coming. Specifically, what are our, what banks are we dealing with now? What what actions do we need to take today? Right. Once we get over that hump, I think about: Am I really prepared? Am I prepared for the next one that I might not be able to foresee? In terms of data, do I have all my data that I'm going to be able to answer questions, actionable information to be able to address the the questions that are that are going to come at Treasury? Um, am I building my relationships? With people, am I prepared with with my bank relationships, with my internal stakeholders? Then also in terms of being able to react very quickly, preparing for the next one. So at the same time, while I'm thinking about what's right in front of me ahead in, in SVB, I'm also thinking ahead to how do I prepare for the next one? I'm originally from Brazil and I went to school for economics. And I think there is no country... Uh, like that have no shortage of financial issues and volatility, right? So just as an example on how things come to surprise, right? So in the 1980s, Brazil was running um, 20 plus percent uh, inflation a month. There was really hardly any economic plan that could really control that. And what uh, President Collor, that was in 1990, he came with a plan to, he just basically froze everybody's savings account, regardless of a corporation and or a person. So there was a little threshold, a little limit that people could withdraw. And, and that was really, if you had only one savings account, you had that limit. If you, have, if you had several savings accounts, you could have a limit per account. I remember seeing companies that they barely could make payroll and looking at back at my family's business, we were lucky that we had few of them. So we didn't, uh, the, the payroll was fine. So as keeping going forward, so how prepared you are. And, and you think about that in 1990, that was really barely any technology that could support real-time information. But I think we have that, in, for us right now, so as uh, certain strategies that we could put in place. And regardless, we don't know what the next crisis is going to but we know it's going to come, right? So how can we be prepared? And I think then, Sandra, turning that back to you, what 
lessons that you learn and treasury groups should think about enhancing their practice and building that better resilience? Well, using your example, if I go back to the 90s when I was a practitioner and we had the, the junk bond crisis, it was much like what we're dealing with now in SVB. All of a sudden, everybody was very concerned about how good is, is your counterparty risk reporting and looking at counterparty risk from many different ways, not just looking at the, the credit rating, but looking at the assets you have, looking at the different pieces that are going to affect those relationships, having more discussions with your relationship, talk about bank relationship management, right? It came back to counterparty relationship management. Who are all the different stakeholders you're dealing with inside and outside? Customers, your clients, your suppliers, building those relationships and making sure you have some metrics for the data and processes that will affect cash. Because at the end of the day, as a treasurer, you're the keeper of cash. So you need to be able to control all of the items, um, the processes where they have an effect on your ability to manage the cash. Perfect. So what would be some of those options, Sandra? What, What can you maybe zoom in for our treasurers to be prepared when they get the call from the CEO, the CFO, the board of directors, and that can be nerve-wracking, right? So, so like you really want to be prepared. You, That's your moment to shine. And what should we do right now uh, to prepare for the next one? Maybe if you can give more um, details. Sure, sure. And so, you know, not thinking about crisis, but day-to-day, right? Day-to-day, this, it's a mindset. You need to first in terms of your own organization. Know where your strengths are. You need to know what you're good at. Some organizations are really good at building relationships outside of treasury so that they're not the last to know when um, something is happening. And I'm not even talking about a crisis, an, an event that affects cash. So in terms of naturally treasurers are have a link to tax, legal, maybe AP and AR, but going further down that chain, if you don't already have a seat at the table for to have discussions with your sales group about, let's take the pandemic as an example, many organizations had to change the way they were doing business, change the suppliers they were dealing with, change the actual businesses they were in. As a treasurer and your treasury organization, you want to be have a seat at that table because the at the end of the day, those changes are going to have a, an effect on your collections, on your ability to fund, on your cash needs, working capital, and you want to control what you can in your own shop. Be prepared with your standard operating procedures for all of your people. Know where you affect processes within the organization, where, where processes affect you. And be able to, I mentioned, know what your strengths are, but also know where your gaps are. The opportunity to close those gaps and and deal with your weaknesses, go back to data for a second. If you have an organization where people pull something as simple as bank balances, but pull it from different ways, and they have different reporting because they report up to different people. You want to be able to have a global view within Treasury of all that information 
so that when it comes time to have to deal with a crisis and you're getting quick questions from many different angles, you're able to give the information in a, in a standard way that will have meaning to everyone. What does this mean? It means that in order to do that, you'd have to have relationships built up front and an understanding of what the same data means to you, what it means to me in treasury, what it means to the person in sales, what it means to the person in, in accounts receivable. And you're able to understand the differences and also the um, places where that same information comes together, understanding each other's viewpoint. All goes back to building relationships and having your processes in place. Yeah, and I think the the data component, right, Sandra, you mentioned like it, it, it means different. Is you really have those scorecards and dashboards and KPIs that are meaningful, they are accurate, right? So it does take some data governance to make sure that it is correct and it's timely. Um, we have technology, we have processes and and we have the people right so i think those are those are really having your checklists and even drills right we 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 do have several clients and quite honestly i see a big spectrum of being prepared i see companies on the very poorly prepared and i see companies that are like wow that's really getting being ready for anything right so very solid and I also think maybe on the banking, I mean, we don't, I think crisis can come from different angles, but as far as banking relationship goes, I'll give just really my two sentences here on, on what I've seen as well. So I've seen the market years ago said, well, it's best practice to centralize with only one bank. And quite frankly, I think that's even not reality for most of our clients, but it's not only selecting the one bank, it's selecting the right pool of banks that, you know, oftentimes is related to your to your uh, syndication, right? So you're there, but also having the, the banks that are really solid. I mean, we also see clients that have, that they didn't really took full control of acquisitions or for whatever reason, business units are going in disparate direction as far as banking goes. So I think having a proper banking uh, strategy is also very key on a situation, situation similar to what, what happened to SVB. What do you think, Sandra, on the banking front? When I think about banking, uh, the first thing tactically, right? Tactically, uh, looking at SVB, I'd say it's another opportunity if you haven't had the luxury um, to, within your organization, take a chance at looking at bank rationalization, I think that's an opportunity. Not on day one, right? But if you've been trying to push push the envelope to say, we really need to look at this and, and be strategic about our bank relationships, uh, if you're in a situation where you already have a ton of banks, I think that's a true opportunity to bring that back up to the table. In addition, I think that managing your bank relationships is, is important. And, and what does that mean? For a long time, there wasn't necessarily a focus on, on scorecards or, or having quarterly meetings with your, your banks. But it's really important to look at that relationship as a partnership 
what are what are you looking to do? What are the goals of the organization? But how also is, can you provide good information to your banking partners so that they can help you and that your banking partners know enough about where you're trying to go so they're bringing the right opportunities to the table? In addition to that, bank relationship management, and, and we have a, a specific advisory offering on this, there's a lot to be said about when you're engaging in individual projects. How can you manage those most efficiently so that you're, you're utilizing your budget most effectively, you're escalating where feasible to have the most efficient uh, process improvement of your initiative, and that you're taking on uh, initiatives where you're not only going to have improvement in terms of automation and transparency of information across your organization, but you're also being able to reduce your fees where, where feasible. So I, I think it, this, this kind of conversation has as many prongs. Correct. So, so then, Sandra, how do you, does Actualize plug in here? How can we help our clients in partnership to really step up and build that resilient treasury? So there's, there's a number of ways we can help depending upon the needs of the organization. First, we, let me go back to the, the three prongs um, that we talked about, data, people, and technology. We have a treasury assessment offering within our advisory group where we can come in and help you assess your current structure from all of these aspects. From the data perspective, in terms of what you are able to standardize, the metrics that you are be able to produce within your organization, from the people structure in, in terms of both internal and external, uh, negotiating payment terms and, and contracts, dealing with your banking relationships and managing those bank relationships most effectively so that you can remain bank agnostic and move quickly, be able to be nimble in a, in a crisis such as we just had. And also on the technology front, we have offerings where if you're looking to implement a TMS and or integrate information as a result of a, a merger and or a spinoff, um, and then also taking advantage of new and uh, AI tools and other technology uh, tools in the, in the marketplace. Yeah, and I've also seen a big demand for policies and definition, better definition of roles or responsibilities, processes, uh, SOPs. So I think that's also something we've been doing quite a bit lately. And the other area, uh, just to wrap this up, is really uh, the allocation of your capital, right? So uh, what is the right cash buffer that a company should have uh, with sitting within the bank account where you can allocate cash to other instruments. So that typically goes within the policies and then the the, pros, the procedures. But there is always a, that question, like, I don't even know how to calculate that, right? So I think that's something uh, we can always provide insight on. Yes. Along those lines, it's it's important to, in, in order to be able to uh, to look at that information, you have to take a detailed look at your structure. And, and then be able to make that account structure as efficient as possible so you can mobilize those, the cash. So that goes hand in hand as well. And at Actualized Consulting, we can help you with that effort. 
Sandra, so why why is really important to be prepared? Well, in some ways, you know, it's not like you as a as a treasurer, you, you want a crisis every day, right? That that would that would take you over over the limit pretty quickly. But if you are prepared, if you have your information, your people processes in place, and you're able to tackle the immediate questions that are going to come at you at a crisis and be able to take action quickly, this builds so much more credibility within your organization. It makes your team that much stronger. And then that's the opportunity when the dust settles to be able to go back in your back pocket for those things that you've been trying to sell internally and maybe have not been able to get to the top of the list of priorities. This is your moment to take advantage and leverage those opportunities for those projects, which, as an example, bank rationalization uh, and or uh, automation of your tools, where if you are either enhancing your strengths and building upon them or you're trying to tackle a weakness, this is your opportunity to seize the day. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you for the ones listening. We are here for you. If you have questions, if you want to have a talk, chat with us, please reach out. And uh, best of luck on building your resilient treasury. Thank you. Always a pleasure to speak with you, Priscilla. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Actualizing Success. Make sure to visit us online at www.actualizeconsulting.com where you can explore our service offerings. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred platform. If you've enjoyed what we talked about today, please consider leaving a review and following us on LinkedIn. If you have any questions or would like to share your opinions with us, please send us a note at podcast at We look forward to hearing from you.